we'll come to the observed effect. <laughs> A podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas <laughs> and at least one good story. Episode 96, Cara de Bobo, Mexico City, where Gabo read Kafka. This week, we're on site again, this time in Colombia. Cartagena is a city on the coast lined by a high coral wall meant to repel pirates centuries ago. The coral's erosion has left it so pockmarked that all five of your fingers can sink at once into five different holes if you rest your hand on its surface. Now it's for joggers and sightseers. Below its cannons and towers, you can learn salsa, smoke a Cuban, drink coffee with lime juice, a paisano. What drew me to Cartagena was the fact that I would be close to where one of my favorite books is imaginatively set, 100 Years of Solitude. Gabriel Garcia Marquez's classic, follows a family down through generations, from the almost mythical founding of its city of Macondo to its even more mythical and fantastical end. He wove the narrative through with the magic realism of his grandmother's folklore. But, as is often the case when I travel, little did I realize much more than I knew actually happened to Marquez in Cartagena. He arrived on the run after a political tragedy a domestic refugee, and spent a first night wandering and nearly arrested while trying to sleep in a park, saved only by the fact that the police thought he had the face of an idiot, la cara de bobo. They let him go. Miraculously, this led to a job as a journalist. I won't explain how just yet. And access to the wealth of stories in the vivid city as his career began. Finally, he set another of his most famous books there, Love in the Time of Cholera. We learned all this from Duran Duran, a specialist who takes enthusiasts to the spots in Cartagena that left an impression in Marquez's life and work. You need to take this tour with Duran Duran when you visit. He offers a wide array, but the Marquez tour is the best. You can follow the links on our webpage to find out more about Duran Duran. When we sat down, I especially wanted to know what happened in Mexico City that inspired Marquez to undertake writing his great book and where his sudden wealth afterwards took him. Just really quick, just a few questions. Yeah, okay. Uh, So, and like I said, I I hope you can tell the story again of his arrival in Cartagena and also his uh, exile in Mexico. And then maybe you can talk about his travels around the world after 100 Years of Solitude because 
the purpose of the podcast is to learn why people travel and what travel does to people, how people change as a result of travel. So okay. my first question, really quick, how would you describe Gabriel Garcia Marquez's appearance? How, how would you say he looks? <clears throat> In terms of literature? His physical appearance. <laughs> oh, well, somehow... He looks, he looks like a, a Arabian person somehow, <laughs> Arabian. Yeah, yeah. And that brought him into a problem in France. In France, they put him in prison one night because they thought he was a terrorist. Really? Are you serious? Yeah, because he, he's a terrorist in those days, like a Arabian terrorist. Wow. So he was put in prison one night. Yeah, because the way he looked like. What, what year was that? That was in the 60s? Or? Yes. Then what? he proved to be Colombian, to be a journalist, and they released him next day. That was in, in France. <laughs> wow. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Can you also describe where we are right now? We are in Juan Valdez Cafe, right next to Simón Bolívar Square in Cartagena de Indias, Colombia, the capital of a, a departamento named Bolívar. And we just finished a Gabriel Garcia Marquez tour. They usually last between two hours and a half and three hours. And today I really have fun with you because you show interest for this topic. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And we want to advertise for you. We're going to include a link to your uh, information on the website and tell all our listeners that if they come to Cartagena, they have to uh, take the, the Marquez tour and all the other tours with Duran Duran. Thank you. It would be nice if you advise people reading Minimum, minimum two books <laughs> written by him before Homework. taking this tour. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter if they take it with you or not, but it's better when you read them before coming to Cartagena. That way you understand uh, what is this about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How does... I'm curious, did reading his books change your view of Cartagena? Yes, because... Until uh, three years ago, Cartagena was for me mostly pirates, legends, history, slavery, but not too much fantasy. And through Gabo's work, I found a new Cartagena. Now I have a different viewpoint from, from the city and many events. Let's see. For instance, it is nice to know that he was living in Mexico, but he never forgot Cartagena, and that Cartagena got a lot of influence on him and his wife. That's why she still lives right here in the city. Yeah, we walked by her house, his former house. <laughs> and you said his brother is still here also. His brother is named Jaime Garcia Marquez. He's on his 80s. Very nice man who is an engineer, but now he's in charge of taking care of 
his uh, how you say legado his uh, legacy legacy thank yeah. you yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. his uh, foundation which you said is specifically to encourage uh, journalists young journalists to be uh, honest honest to to be ethic to the truth and to do it nicely yes yes so I'm particularly interested in how travel shaped his work and let's start with his arrival in Cartagena you told a really good story in Spanish to us before well <clears throat> He was born in 1927 in Aracataca, and he went to Bogota to study to be a lawyer because that what his father he wanted his sons to be a lawyer. But when he was in Bogota on April 9, 1948, a gentleman named Gaitan who was running to be president, was killed. And Gabriel Garcia Marquez ran to Barranquilla, then to Cartagena, because he didn't want to be there too much violence. Then right here, he spent a few hours sleeping nearby at Bolivar Square, because he didn't have enough money to pay a hotel. Then the police awake him, taking him under arrest because he was breaking the, the curfew, and he didn't know. Then, a few days later, he was so lucky to meet a gentleman who knew who he, who he was. Because when he was in Bogota, he wrote his first tale, named the Tyrosian Nation. And this gentleman named Mr. Zapata Olivella had read it. So he knew who he was, and he took him to the local newspaper, named El Universal, where he started his career as a journalist. Then one morning, he was assigned to visit Santa Clara Convent because something was going on right there. The place was abandoned. Somebody wanted to build a hotel. So he went there and found something difficult to believe. The body of a girl whose hair was very long, 22 meters long. <laughs> and that was the start of a book named Of Love and Other Demons. <laughs> uh, much later, uh, in 1955, he wrote a series, a series of newspaper stories about a shipwrecked man, sailor, who saved his life by swimming. And people believed he was a hero, but he knew that something was wrong, so he wrote about it. And since he told the truth, he, his boss thought he was in danger, because in those days we got a dictatorship in Colombia. So he was sent to Italy to cover the news of the Pope's death, named Pius XII. And right there he, st he studied uh, something about uh, cinema. 
Then he came back to Colombia, he went to USA, he went to Russia, he went to the communist countries. In the, in the 1960s, he went to the communist countries. And maybe that's why people think that he was a communist, but he wasn't. He just wanted to find out everything, viewpoints of polit politics. And it was worse for him later when he started friendship with uh, Castro from Cuba, and the CIA accused him of being also a, a rebel. And that's why he tried to hide in Colombia, but also in Colombia he was accused of being part of the guerrilla, and that's why he exiled to Mexico in 1981, where he has been written his master book, 100 Years of Solito, in 1967. So he traveled all over the world as a journalist, writing, having fun even, and even, you know, being arrested in France. You said when he uh, when he had his success with 100 Years of Solitude. Well, first you mentioned that he paid his wife to leave him alone <laughs> for 18 months while he sequestered himself and wrote this masterpiece finally. And they went into debt to do it in Mexico City. And then, after his success, what he did with the, all the money that he got was travel, right? You said he yes. took off and traveled. Paying debts, traveling, and he bought a house in Paris, he bought a house in USA, he bought a house in Cartagena, he bought a, he bought a house in Mexico. And he also educated his kids, he got two kids. So he also support them, until they become, became professionals. So, uh, one of my favorite quotations from him is, Viajar es intentar cambiar, which is the, the theme of my project. What do you think he means by that? Well, for, for those listening, it means to travel is to try to change. Yes. There are different ways of traveling. Some people, the luckiest one, they travel by going from one place to another, by, by cruise ships or airplanes or vehicles. Some others travel by reading books because they have no money enough to move from one place to another. And he did, and he did both because he used to read a lot. He read about Ernest Hemingway, Virginia Woolf, William Faulkner, and many others. But he also went to different places all over the world. And so I guess that changed the viewpoint from communists, from the governments, from the terror ships, from life. And he also found that the truth of his village named Naragataka was a little bit sad because it was a very old, small village, forgot, forgotten by everybody, and he almost in ruin. So he wanted to change that, and he did it. He created Macondo in 100 years of solitude. So yes, traveling changed his way of thinking and his viewpoints from humanity.
Yeah. One last question about Marquez. You said that when he went to Mexico the first time, uh, the great Mexican writer, his contemporary, put a book in his hands and it changed his life. So he went to Mexico City and Carlos Fuentes gave him what? What, what was it that changed his life in Mexico City? Well, he got a book written by Frank Kafka named La Metamorphosis in which one he realized that this author as his grandmother used his imagination to tell stories and so he was aware of how much important his grandmother had been to him since she had told him hundreds of stories difficult to believe because we knew they were not true but we thought they were true because they were because of the way she tells them so that would change his life because he realized that he could also express what his grandmother had told him by reading and I just have one more question to finish the interview. What about you? Do you have a, a good travel story from your life? And by the way, well, your, your first name is Duran? No, my, my, my full name is Angel Eduardo Duran. I see. And Duran Duran is my artistic name. I see. Pseudonym. <laughs> and it is difficult to believe, but I speak English, French, Italian and Spanish <laughs> and I have never been outside of my, of my country. Really? No. It's not easy. It's expensive. Mm. Then I have a family to run. But I know my country. I've been almost everywhere in my country. Everywhere. I started traveling since I was 14 years old, all over Colombia. I was also in the Navy, and I lived. I left also in Barranquilla, in La Guajira, in Bogotá, in Cartagena. I've been visiting different cities by myself and with my wife and, and tourists. So I can tell I know my country maybe 75%, but not outside of Colombia. Not yet. And did, did any trip change you in your country? Well, according to my best friend, I used to be a kind of rude, rude man. <laughs> really? Until maybe two years ago. What? Maybe That's three. Impossible to imagine. <laughs> uh, but it seems to be that by reading Garcia Marquez and learning about literature, I have changed a little bit. I have smoothed my way of being. So it's been a good influence for me, reading and learning about Garcia Marquez, his books, and some other uh, authors. Uh, what, happened, what happened is this. To compete here is quite difficult in Cartagena, because we are 352 guys. So you need to be always in defense, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
and that seems to be aggressive, even if you are not, but that's, that's what people think about you. But now seems, uh, I feel very comfortable in this kind of uh, new tour. My, 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 my friends says that, say that now I am a nicer guy. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Thank you so much, and thank you for speaking English to us, and thank you for speaking Spanish before. <laughs> thank you for being patient with, uh, with our Spanish. You are welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you very, very much for visiting Colombia in Cartagena. And it was very nice of you asking to have the tour in Spanish. Your Spanish is great. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you to Duran Duran for sharing so many stories that you so carefully researched and for making me feel the way Kafka's main character feels in the castle, the way Marquez surely felt himself over and over as he traveled, as though he had lost himself or was further away in a strange land than anyone had ever been before, a distant country where even the air was unlike the air at home, where you were likely to stifle in the strangeness of it, yet such were its senseless lures that you could only go on, losing your way even more. Mm -hmm.